Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 16 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom, so listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships direct to your door, in a discreet package, so you so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness, like having to read this over and over. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. I don't know why I'm more comfortable reading Manscaped, and, and I have trouble with this. I really don't. I, don't <laughs> I, I have no idea. Right now, we have a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHEER. I wonder how many come for free how many you get in that one i wonder just pay five dollars shipping again that's blue chew b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w.com promo code armchair to try it free blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast my guest today previewing this matchup between the bears and the chiefs is a chief's guest i was able to pin one down uh his name is ryan tracy he is from locked on chiefs I want to thank Lauren Cox for helping me hook that up. And um, we talk a little bit about the uh, the impending matchup between the Bears and the Chiefs. The game over, no really, no longer really holds any meaning, although I'm sure NBC will will get its graphics uh, team up to speed on the home Mahomes versus Trubisky thing or maybe the Nagy versus Reed thing. There are some storylines to, to play with here. But uh, overall, I think the most interesting thing about this game is whether or not the Bears are actually going to show up to play now that our season is officially over. It's the Week 16 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Last home game of the season as our beloved returning home to Soldier Field take on Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have already won the AFC. They've already locked up a playoff berth they're actually trying to scratch and claw their way back into the top two seeds. Um, they sit at number three uh, right now, so uh, they have something to play for. Uh, the Bears, it's it's all about uh, pride and uh, putting your, you know, for some players, putting some tape out there for future, you know, teams to see, future employers, if they're going to be free agents or, you know, trying to get the Bears to secure a second contract or there's plenty for these teams to play for. Um, there's plenty for the, the people on the Bears uh, to play for, even though uh, our playoff hopes have been dashed and uh, 
we have been eliminated from playoff uh, contention. There's plenty to play for uh, on Sunday for no other reason than to help out poor Mitch and get him a win in the uh, Trubisky against his quarterback class, the guys that he'll be compared to until he dies uh, game. You know, let's let's see if we can't get Mitch some some bragging rights by getting a victory uh, over Mahomes and the Chiefs in a regular season game. And uh, even though I'm sure if the Bears do actually win, that it will be, you know, oh, it was a meaningless game, you know, blah, blah, blah. The Chiefs are ready to play off, so it didn't really matter and so on. But uh, anyway, we'll see how that all unfolds. Like I said, Lauren Cox, our good friend from uh, Locked on Bears, who we'll be having on in a couple of weeks to help us review this uh, up and down roller coaster uh, of a season. And then we'll we could we could probably do 10 hours on this season, man. Uh, and everything that has happened, could have happened, should have happened, uh, and so on. I'm sure that uh, it will be interesting, and uh, we'll have plenty, plenty uh, to uh, talk about. I want to thank him for being able to uh, for being able to help us out uh, and get us our guest, Ryan Tracy from Locked on Chiefs, uh, to help us out in previewing uh, this week's matchup. But before we get to that, we have some news and notes. A lot of news to talk about, actually. Uh, for uh, which is good because the interview was kind of short or at least short compared to what you guys are probably used to. I talked to my guests for like 45 minutes or sometimes as much as an hour. Um, Ryan Tracy is a busy guy, and I was only able to pin him down for about a half hour, so a little bit on the shorter side. Maybe that's a welcome thing. We'll see how that goes. But uh, anyway, plenty of news to talk about uh, in, in uh, stead just to, just to pad the runtime a little bit. Um, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced uh, Tuesday, uh, I believe, and three of our beloved have made this year's Pro Bowl squad. Um, Khalil Mack, in his, uh, he's two for two uh, as a Bear. Eddie Jackson, three seasons, two Pro Bowl nods. And Cordero Patterson, named as a special teams uh, player for the uh, Pro Bowl team. Now, I love Khalil Mack. I love Eddie Jackson. And they are outstanding football players who I don't think deserve to be pro bowlers this year. Um, Call me crazy. I don't think that they, um, you know, I mean, granted, these are guys that were that are definitely people you have to game plan for. Trust me, every offense the Bears have faced, those are two guys that they have to know where they are at all times you need to know where eddie jackson is you need to know where khalil mack is at all times no doubt uh but as far as comparing their 2018 seasons to the 2019 seasons there is no uh comparison khalil mack was a juggernaut last year as was uh, eddie jackson uh six seven interceptions three touchdown returns uh for eddie uh, Khalil Mack, 12 and a half sacks. God knows how many pressures, uh, you know, uh, knocking the ball loose and, you know, sack, strip sacks and, and all that kind of stuff last year. It just hasn't been happening. Now, we all know that's not exactly Khalil Mack's fault. Um, that could be, uh, you know, number one. Every defense, every offense that we're facing is scheming to at least put two or three guys uh, on Khalil Mack. Uh, and also that nobody outside of Khalil Mack has been helping him get one-on-one pressures, you know. And then we also missed Akeem Hicks 
uh, for eight very long weeks uh, as well. So uh, that probably played a lot into uh, Khalil Mack, even though I think he still leads the team in sacks with about seven or seven and a half, somewhere uh, in that uh, area. Um, but just as far as, you know, watching the Bears play uh, this season, I don't know that, that Khalil Mack was, you know, or Eddie Jackson for that much, for that matter, was uh, was a pro bowler this year. I, I couldn't say for sure. Uh, or I, I would say that they weren't. If, if, you know, gun to my head, if you're asking me, did they deserve to make the Pro Bowl? I don't think so. But Cordell Patterson, absolutely. He absolutely did. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Uh, That guy has been an unbelievable uh, special teamer uh, for us. We could name about half a dozen plays right off the top of my head right now, including the one he got screwed on. Sunday against uh, Green Bay where he timed it perfectly. The receiver was able to catch the ball and he nailed him, knocked the ball loose, and it was recovered by the Bears. Only the referees are idiots and said that he got there too soon when he did not. And uh, that ended up kind of flipping the game very early on uh, in there. Uh, Three alternates were also named uh, to the team. So if somebody in their spot decides not to go, Eddie Goldman, Kyle Fuller, Tariq Cohen, uh, named as Pro Bowl alternates, and so they might also make the trip uh, to Orlando if uh, they catch a break. And the biggest omission from the uh, Pro Bowl roster, as far as the Bears are concerned, is quite frankly the best player that we have on the team uh, this year would be Allen Robinson. Uh, he has 83 catches for over 1,000 yards uh, so far uh, this year, a handful of touchdowns, if not more. And... Um, you know, I saw someone on Twitter saying like, well, he ranks this, this and this in the NFC. Uh, you know, it's like that might be true. He, may, he might be like ninth in catches and 14th in touchdowns and this many in yards and whatnot. But, um, you know, how about we take into consideration that uh, Robinson was literally the only offense we had in many games uh, this year. And, and most defenses knew that and he still managed 83 catches and over a thousand yards and we still got two games left to play he can add to that he can be in the 90s by the time the season uh is done in in two games he can catch 10 balls and get into the 90s hell if he goes nuts he could he could break 100 who knows i mean nothing is too crazy these days but um you know it's a notable snub i didn't even he wasn't even listed as an alternate so he was all the way snubbed uh by the pro bowl and this is a uh huge huge omission uh by them so motivation uh for next year for him to go nuts and and to to play his way into the pro bowl again 
uh, next season because uh, the fact that he didn't make it at all, not even as an alternate, is an absolute disgrace. So, um, you know, uh, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, those are Pro Bowl players. I just don't think that they were this year. Uh, Eddie Goldman, Kyle Fuller, Tariq Cohen, definitely Pro Bowl players, especially Eddie Goldman. I hope he does get a chance to go. That guy is an unsung hero uh, on our defense, so I hope he does get to go. Uh, speaking of Khalil Mack and, and Cordell Patterson, both guys were named to the USA Today NFL All-Decade team for the 2010s, so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, both guys made, uh, I think Khalil Mack's made four Pro Bowls in the decade, and he got drafted in 2014. Uh, Cordell Patterson, the 2013 draft choice, I think, has been to uh, three Pro Bowls, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots and uh, everything, and uh, is an outstanding special teams player, made the Pro Bowl again for the Bears. So uh, kudos to them for, for that accolade. Speaking of accolades, the uh, NFL um, announced its uh, finalists for this year's uh, Hall of Fame. Now, they're doing it a little bit differently. If you guys remember, when we had Ermy Moorhead on the show, he was talking about how he was excited that the uh, – the NFL was expanding the class for the 100th season uh, to 20 players. Uh, they're going to have five modern players, 10 senior players, three contributors, and two coaches. When they talk about contributors, think of like Steve Sable from NFL Films or somewhere else, someone along those lines that's contributed to the to the game. Could be you know like a sports writer or something like that. I don't know, but uh, and then two coaches uh, as well. Two Bears have made the finalist uh, list, uh, one of which is uh, Jimbo Covert, who is long overdue uh, for, such, uh, for such an opportunity. Uh, Jimbo was a first-round pick for the Bears back in 1983. He played nine, all nine of his seasons with the Bears from 83 to 91. He was a two-time All-Pro and was part of the offensive line that had the best rushing attack in the league from 83 to 86, and we all know who was carrying the ball back then so uh you know 83 86 that's prime sweetness time right there and jimbo was also named to the 1980s all nfl or 1980 nfl all decade team for the 80s so uh another big accolade for him there so his resume is solid the other is uh an old school bear ed sprinkle uh played 12 years for the bears from 1945 to 1956 uh, winning an NFL championship with our beloved in 1946, voted to Pro Bowls, four Pro Bowls, and named to the 1940 NFL All-Decade team. Uh, he was also at one point labeled the meanest man in football back in 1950. So, uh, And I did also read that he said that uh, that may have been the case, but he did play within the rules. Uh, the rules were a lot different back then, so uh, who knows what that actually means. But... Uh, Congratulations to Jimbo Covert. Long overdue for him and Ed Sprinkle. I wonder if Ed's still with us. I don't know that he is, but uh, hopefully the either he's still kicking around and gets a chance to go to Canton or that his family gets to represent him. It would be a wonderful thing to add another couple of Bears to our already league-leading 28 Bears in Canton right now. Uh, speaking of our modern Bears, uh, Danny Trevathan officially put on the injured reserve list um this week uh michael joseph uh the cornerback um a great story for him was activated to the active roster to take uh trevathan's uh, roster spot uh it's a great story uh michael joseph is a local 
Chicago area guy, played Division three football at the University uh, of Dubuque, was added as an undrafted free agent, hung with the Bears last year, uh, was able to make the team on the practice squad again this season, and now he's been officially named to the roster. I hope he gets to play a few snaps uh, in the final two games uh, of the season. It's a great story for him to actually be on an NFL roster at the end of the uh, at the end of the season. The big question for Danny Trevathan, will he be back? You know, he was, he's been with the Bears four years, signed a four-year, $28 million contract after the 2015 season to join his old coach, John Fox, here uh, in Chicago. Uh, he just won a Super Bowl with the Broncos in 2015 before he came here uh, to Chicago. He finished the 2015? No, 2016. Yeah, 2016 and this uh, 2019 season, both on injured reserve. Um, so two out of the four years, his season was cut short. But um, the guy's an awesome inside linebacker. He uh, is a leader uh, on the team. He's been, uh, you know, key in the the progress and the growth of Roquan Smith. Uh, people talk all the time about how he took Roquan under his wing uh, when he joined the team uh, last season. And, um, you know, Buddy's also turning 30. Uh, in March, his price tag might be a little bit more than the Bears will be willing to pay. And we've got a guy in Nick Kwiatkowski that has played lights out in his absence uh, since he went down week 10 uh, against the Lions. So the Bears have a decision to make. And uh, I hope it's not a Bryce Callahan, Adrian Amos situation where Bear fans want to argue amongst ourselves about which one they keep and then we end up not keeping either of them. So we got to keep one. It's like I'd be happy with either one of them coming back. I really would. Give me a choice. I got to go with the younger guy uh, in Kwiatkowski, especially since the knock on Quick coming into the season was that his his coverage skills weren't up to snuff. But uh, that hasn't quite been the case uh, this year. You know, he's been out uh, pretty good uh, in, in coverage. Hasn't quite been the liability that he was in his first few seasons uh on the field so um he might be the smarter investment uh if you will you know uh, trevathan has an injury history he's crossing that 30 year old threshold and he also might be a little bit more than the bears are willing to pay so we'll see how that all boils down but push comes to shove we got to keep at least one of them at least one we can't let them both get away like we did with amos and callahan even though proved to be a pretty smart move when it comes to Callahan he didn't play it down for the Broncos uh this year so uh anyway but uh to finish off the injury report um the Bears have three names uh, on the list uh right now Taylor Gabriel still nursing that concussion has not practiced yet Bobby Massey also with his high ankle sprain has not yet uh practiced I don't know why these guys on on our IR right now I guess Maybe the Bears are going to go all in next week against the Vikings if they can both go. And then Prince of Mukamura, not a good sign. Limited, was fine on Wednesday, limited today on Thursday with that hamstring injury. So maybe he tweaked something or maybe the Bears just uh, limited him to uh, prevent. Maybe it was more of a prevention thing uh, than anything else. But uh, other than that, uh, one name conspicuously missing from the injured list, Akeem Hicks. Even though he was, uh, he had to be taken off the field twice on Sunday, and in, to his credit, he did return uh, both times. But um, 
you know, one run, why the Bears haven't shut him down. Maybe it's a little bit of a gamesmanship thing. Want the Chiefs to to think that Akeem is going to play and then at the last minute on Saturday announce that Akeem has been put on IR and we activate someone else or or what have you to uh to take his uh roster spot. And quite frankly, I as much as we need Akeem Hicks to win on Sunday against the uh, Chiefs or as helpful as he could be in making that actually happen. Uh, I would much rather for the sake of 2020 uh, and his future to uh, to shut him down for the next two, uh, two games. You know, I know that we want to win these games, but uh, I want to win in 2020 more than I want to win these next two games. I, honestly, you know, I, I really do. So, um, you know, we've 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 done all right without a keen. We can do OK without him again uh, for these next two games. Let him get out and and uh, let him have a let him sit down, let him get healthy, let him get ready for 2020, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll go from there. So maybe it'll be something that we hear on Sunday, or maybe he'll be inactive. Uh, you know, he'll he'll be one of the uh, inactives on Sunday. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, on that. So anyway, that's going to do it for our uh, news and notes. So uh, congratulations to our Pro Bowlers. Whether I think you should be there or not, you earn the accolades and uh, you got the votes necessary in order to to be there. You are Pro Bowl level players, absolutely. I just don't not one hundred percent sure you you should be there this year. But uh, nonetheless, congratulations to all of our Pro Bowls Pro Bowlers and our alternates as well. And congratulations to Pro Bowl, to uh, Jimbo Coverts and Ed Sprinkle for being finalists for this year's hall of fame so um so let's go on and uh bring in our guest uh, ryan tracy from locked on chiefs he's going to help us preview week 16 between the bears and the chiefs on sunday night football Week 16 has our beloved returning home to Soldier Field, and though our playoff hopes have been dashed, we still got a little bit of business uh, to take care of, and that business is on Sunday night uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And here to help me preview this matchup between the Bears and the Chiefs from Locked On Chiefs and the RGR Football Channel on YouTube, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. appreciate you having me. Well, thanks for for coming in, man. I it's, I know as we kind of tried to get together at the the last minute uh, and everything, so uh, I appreciate you making some time. Um, so let's talk about this uh, this team of yours. Uh, I mean, I, it's been a weird year for a lot of teams because not everybody that was that was uh, on a certain level in 2018 was able to reachieve that again this year uh, in 2019. My Bears would be a prime. Uh, example of that and even though the Chiefs are AFC West champs and they're going back to the playoffs and everything there's been a some kink in the armor uh, this year and even you know your your star quarterback Mahomes went down uh, for a while what um, what has gotten the Chiefs uh, a what's gotten them through the the rough times and what caused the rough times to begin with you know really it was rough from the very beginning Mm. Uh, he had a little bit of a nagging thing in training camp had the ankle very early in week one. Right. So it was just one of those deals that it was doomed from the start, and it's just lucky, really, uh, that none of the injuries have been super 
difficult for him to deal with. Uh, to tell you the truth, he's pretty miraculous in his recoveries. Yeah, uh, he dislocates his knee on national television, right? And plays three weeks later. So uh, he's a pretty stout individual in terms of his recovery. He is a very young guy. Uh, he's, he's young even for his draft year, uh, and he just bounces back pretty well. The problem stems from up front. His O line has been pieced together. They lost a pretty big chunk last season uh, in their center, Mitch Morse, who's now in Buffalo. He really rode that line into being the wall for the then young starter, uh, and they've really missed his presence. Uh, had an injury to Eric Fisher for, that let, had him out seven weeks as well. Wow! Uh, when your left tackle's out, your center's new, it makes things a little bit difficult. So sure. uh, that really is how it got there. Uh, and it, I would credit Andy Reid with getting them through that. Um, a quality backup in Matt Moore, who's a very – knowledgeable guy that Reed was able to adapt the offense to was able to put up enough points to keep them in games. And quite frankly, the rest of the roster, particularly the defense responded in kind by supporting more while he was in there. And uh, that really got him through the mess. Well, I mean, just looking at your, at your schedule, you know, you were able to, to wade through, um, you know, you got uh, the win over Baltimore week three before they exploded. Uh, you know, as they have in the last 10, 11 weeks where they haven't lost the game since. Um, you, 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 you easily handle Jacksonville. You, you, you have a slow start against Oakland, and you kind of explode there in the second quarter. You have that tough game with Detroit, and that was the first one where things like the where – the, where people kind of felt like the Chiefs looked human uh, in that game. Not even so much the week before against Baltimore because that was more supposed to be a back-and-forth between Mahomes and Jackson and, and – uh, and whatnot, so it wasn't that big a surprise that that game was close. But I think everyone was kind of floored with the idea that you almost lost in uh, lost that game in Detroit. And I think what really decided it was that fumble that uh, you guys ran back for a touchdown where nobody tried to, like the the referees let the play go, and the descent the defender picks it up, runs at ninety nine yards for a touchdown, and nobody on Detroit even tries to tackle him because they thought it was over. Absolutely. Bouchard really with a heads-up play to realize that the play had not been blown dead. And it's headsy things like that that really mark what Brett Veach, the GM, who's a young guy in his early 40s at this point, uh, really went out and acquired veterans, guys with experience, guys that can bring something to their individual position rooms uh, that really bolster what is uh, a yin and yang kind of roster. There's a lot of youth on it. And Rashad Breland's one of those guys. When they talk about the cornerback group, uh, he and Mo Claiborne, another late addition to this roster in training camp, are two guys that kind of bring that that savviness to what they're trying to do, and it, it's worked out in the long run. Yeah, and the thing that I think I found most surprising about how the season has gone uh, for you guys is that uh, three of your four losses were in Kansas City which has been a challenging place to win football games even when the Chiefs weren't very good. It's always been one of the more dreaded, you know, uh, imp- imposing places uh, to try to win a football game. And granted, the teams are Indianapolis, uh, Green Bay won a game out there, uh, you know, the Texans won, so it's not like you're losing to, to slouches uh, or anything. I mean, that, that, that Indianapolis loss is kind of looking worse the further you get away from it because they've really kind of just gone through a nosedive the last uh, couple of months but um you know is defending the home turf harder than it used to be or, or it was just uh, the bad luck the Mahomes injury that kind of thing getting all factored into it 
it's really that and coupled with the fact that this is a brand new defense under Steve Spagnuolo in its first year with six new starters. So at that point, it was still difficult to kind of rally when you get punched in the mouth. And it's the run game that's hurt them all season long until the last four weeks when they have gotten things figured out. So at that point, uh, especially the Titans, was just a classic being unprepared to stop the run uh, and go old school uh, because of the way that the NFL is built now. They drift towards the nickel package, and they drift towards 11 personnel on offense, and that's just the way that they roll. Right. Well, I mean, was there? I mean, let's talk about that that Tennessee game because that was kind of a, a you know Mahomes was was back. He was uh, what that was his first game back, wasn't it? Was it was. Tennis? Okay, so he was he was back. Everyone thought he was kind of nuts, but he comes out, he puts 32 points up, but still, it wasn't enough. The the Titans with that miracle field goal uh, at the end to win the game, and that puts you guys at six and four. And and you know there was kind of an uh oh with the. You know, with the Chiefs is like, are, are they actually going to be able to, to kind of pull this off? But uh, you haven't lost a game since then. But was there that feeling of dread, like this might not be our year? Here we are. You know, we waited through the Mahomes injury, but here we are. He, he's back, and we lost anyway. There really wasn't uh, because that game was just a gross miscalculation, and you could tell that from the get-go. They rested their best run defender against Derrick Henry. Uh, they were concerned. They had at least thought it out that they would be up early and that that would force Tannehill and the Titans to have to pass more. So they elected to sit Mike Pinnell, who has been fabulous against the run, uh, and give him the week off. He was inactive. And they brought in Joey Ivey, who is a, a journeyman outside pass rusher, uh, because they felt that they needed help with the injuries to Manuel Agba, Alex Okafor, a number of defensive ends on the team have been rotationally out and lost for the season, in fact. At this point, there's three of them. And so they kind of put their eggs in that basket. And that was, that was a little bit overconfidence, I think, from the offensive standpoint. And quite frankly, uh, the defensive standpoint's really putting aside what taking away the strength of the opponent, which I think they've learned from since then. And they have been very much better about making sure that they have the personnel, that they can attack offenses however they need to. It's been a more balanced attack on defense. It's been a more aggressive defense since that Titans game. It was also one where they didn't have as much blitz packages put in to try and attack a huge runner like Henry. And quite frankly, I think they uh, they got burnt that game in their game planning, and they've learned their lesson from it. Well, I mean, just looking at the the scores for the – for the season it it was looking like early on the the way to win the game was to outscore the opponent and and I know that that's the ob- object of the game but I think you know what I mean when I say that it's like it, it you know our defense isn't going to help us so we just got to keep scoring points until the game uh is over kind of thing but in the last 4 weeks uh the 17 that you gave up to the Chargers on Monday night down in Mexico City is the most you've given up since that Titans game yeah, you wouldn't have guessed that, would you, that the Chargers would outscore the Patriots against this particular defense. Right. Um, now, the Patriots have been on a slide offensively, but you would still feel, uh, given the history of the two teams, certainly preseason that's what we expected, and it's just worked out. And, and since then, uh, you know, the Broncos are a team that's struggling and, and in with a rookie quarterback, so you can't, can't really blame them too much, especially in that weather. Sure. But the defense has come together, and they're functioning as a unit 
they're functioning in a way that allows them to be tough and aggressive more so than they were early in the season, quite frankly, because I think the secondary is doing a much better job knowing where they're supposed to be. And the two major acquisitions in the offseason, and Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, have both come around and are starting to perform as their their reputations would have you have expected for the whole season. Uh, Matthew in particular is really pouring it on. Uh, Clark's been hurt since the beginning of the season, is just now getting clear uh, of a, a pinched nerve in his neck mm. that really had him with a loss of feeling and a loss of strength in two of the fingers of his right hand, which makes it difficult to pass rush. Sure. And uh, now he's lost 20 pounds in the last two weeks with a stomach virus. So <laughs> it's been quite an injury-filled season. That guy can't get a break, huh? He's getting close, though, and uh, you know, postseason run will make up for it. Well, as a football fan, uh, I am thrilled to see the Chiefs' defense peaking uh, here at this critical time in the season. As a Bear fan, not 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 so much. Um, you know, with the way that our offense has has struggled and been so grossly inconsistent this year, the last thing that I want coming into Soldier Field, the last home game of the season, is a defense that's playing its absolute best football right now. It's a tall order, and, and I know that fans are probably frustrated with uh, Mitch Trubisky, um, especially when you look at the comparison of Mahomes being back <laughs> the same year, the moves that were made to get them. Yeah, I can understand that, but I will say this too. I think Mahomes had a bigger advantage in learning from Alex Smith in sitting an entire season. Oh, sure. Uh, I feel like that set him up for success a lot more. So I really look at Trubisky as maybe a year behind in terms of development just because mm-hmm. he was under such fire originally. Sure. Um, but I do have faith as a guy who has covered the Chiefs for going on eight years now, uh, familiar with Matt Nagy, and I know what he has in store. And I, I do have faith that he can continue to develop not only his version of the West Coast read offense, but the quarterback as well. So I realize this season is, is kind of lost and it's tough for Bears fans to hang in, but – I think there are brighter things ahead for this team and for this quarterback. You know, I I believe that too. Uh, I mean, and that's not just me drinking uh, the Kool Aid. I really do think that that 2020 is going to be uh, an improvement, and then and and beyond. I really have a feeling uh, about Nagy and and Ryan Pace. Even though half the Chicago fan base, if not more, had them fired at midseason when we were three and five, and uh, you know all that kind of stuff, and. Here we are. We, we kind of dug ourselves out of the hole, and we were in the playoff picture until this past Sunday when we lost to the to the Packers uh, and everything. So everyone's kind of cooled their jets a little bit on Nagy and, and Pace and, and what the problems might be and how they can be fixed and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting second half of the season, uh, that's for sure, because the first half was about – trying to come to grips with the fact that this isn't going to be the special year we all thought it was going to be. And the second half has been about trying to work with what we got and and see where it can actually get us. And up until last Sunday, we thought it was going to be the playoffs. That's a tough road. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of investment, both emotionally and in terms of capital. Um, The MAC trade alone, I think, has really set up uh, a defense to come together, and you see ebbs and flows. I know the Smith injury is pretty tough to deal with. Yeah, I was very big on him coming out as well. Um, he was a guy that I was hoping would, would get down to Kansas City eventually. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs are familiar with Mac, uh, having played in the AFC West for so long. Oh, sure. Yeah. So the, I feel like that matchup this week is going to be good, 
be pretty good and honestly be a little bit uh, back and forth just based on the history that they've had in the past, particularly with Eric Fisher. Yeah, I was going to um, ask. I do think he's going to – yeah, Fisher's the, the interesting matchup because they've gone back and forth. I think Schwartz has had much more success against Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are hurt more by flat-out speed than they are power rush. So okay. I think that, that plays to a little bit uh, you know, punch-for-punch punch action. But I like where the, the Bears are going. They have some, some things to work on, obviously, for next season. But they're still dangerous in some ways. And I, my question would be, you know, what's, what's the loss of Vic Fangio done? Is it continuing on, a, on an upward trajectory for some players and not others? Or is, is it stalled at this point? I really don't know as an outsider. But, uh, you know, just between you and me. The Bears are the team that I pull for in the NFC, so I'm oh. hoping that it comes together as well. Well, God bless you. Um, you know, I, <laughs> it's 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 hard, honestly it's it's hard to say. Uh, it's tough to evaluate the defense because even though the offense wasn't lights out in 2018, it was way better last year than it was this year, and that helps out a defense so much. I mean, there have been so many games this year where the defense is constantly on the field because our offense three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and just giving the ball right back, and the defense goes back out there. And through it all, despite everything that the Bears have been through uh, with, the, with the lack of offensive consistency or unable to get a rhythm or just even if we're not scoring points, we weren't even moving the chains. We were literally three and out, three and out, three and out. We had nine yards of offense against the Eagles in the first half. You can imagine how much fun that was for the defense having to go back. We, let, we ran 12 plays in the first half, four drives, three plays each, and then the Eagles pounded it down our throats the, other, the rest of the first half. It was pathetic. And, you know, when your defense is constantly under fire like that, you'd think that we'd be far more worse off than we've been. So I think the defense is actually fine, that it's going to be fine, but they've taken their lumps like most of our injuries are on the defensive side, I think because they've gotten a lot more – tread worn off those tires last year this year than they did last year because our offense was better at least hanging on to the ball moving the chains you know maybe put seven or eight plays together before having to give the ball back if they didn't uh, get any points so I don't know I mean I liked what Pagano was doing and early on in the season they were unstoppable so I didn't think there was going to be any regression but the offense not being what we needed to be actually did wear down on them as the season uh, moved along so but, uh, you know, how has Mahomes been, uh, you know, this year? I mean, he hasn't obviously been lighting up the board the way that he did last year. Did anybody in uh, in Chiefs Kingdom out there get nervous when he got the cover of Madden 20 this year? Oh, yeah, me included. <laughs> For certainly. <laughs> I, I am a staunch believer in the Madden curse. Sure, sure, uh, yeah. You know, and then when he starts off with injury after injury, it <laughs> – I can't say that I know for certain, but I feel pretty good that that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but the bigger issue is that defenses learned quite a bit from what Belichick and the Patriots did to the Chiefs uh, in the postseason last year. So mm. he's been met with racket coverage for Tyreek Hill, who was also out a number of games. Right. And when he wasn't available, they would bracket Travis Kelsey. And that takes your first read away. Uh, there's plenty of weapons on this team. You've seen the rookie – McCole Hardman actually start to come out of his shell. Uh, six touchdowns on the season to this point, 500 yards. Uh, a good fourth option behind Sammy Watkins, who is still Sammy Watkins. He's been hurt a bit, 
still explosive when he's available, but it's always a question mark. So it's really been about the protection and the tools and having defenses prefer to give him underneath stuff than the -the over-the-top options. And you've still seen what he's done in terms of the home run ball. Uh, I think really until this last week, it's been a struggle. And then what you saw in the snow against Denver was Mahomes getting back to being Mahomes. Uh, taking a little bit more time in the pocket, uh, not so um, impatient in terms of trying to produce a big play that he scrambles unnecessarily uh, because he knows what he's capable of doing. He is apt to leave the pocket a little bit earlier than he probably should. And when he can just remain calm and stay back, uh, you saw him go for 340 in the snow uh, with a very long 41-yard touchdown to Hill again. Uh, and I think that's the stepping block, unfortunately, for the Bears, that he's getting back on track and being able to be that field general and not just an athletic quarterback. Yeah, like I said earlier, as a football fan, I'm thrilled to see teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens uh, and even uh, the Texans uh, kind of emerging uh, because uh, I'm, I, I say I'm not a Patriot hater, but I hate on them all the time. And it's only because I'm just bored with them. I'm bored with the Patriots, just like in the in the 80s and the 90s. I got bored with the 49ers. I got bored with the Cowboys. It's like, let's let's give somebody else a chance here or for the love of God, somebody else step up uh, and do it. You know, let's see someone else do it. And I've been dying for that to happen in the AFC for the last 20 years. That's how sick of the you know, that's how long the Patriots have been at this, man. You know, and to see somebody else come along. Uh, you know, this this next generation of quarterbacks with Mahomes and Watson and, and, and all those guys coming up behind them and everything. Hopefully this trend with like Brady didn't make the Pro Bowl this year. I almost you got to knock me over with a feather when I heard that today, uh, yesterday to, to see that all happening. Very excited to see it, especially on the AFC side. Again, as a Bear fan, not so much to see you guys peeking uh, right now, right after we took a, you know, a swift blow and then in the Nards on Sunday, losing to our division rival and then being eliminated from playoff contention right after. But I'm very interested to see which Bears team is going to show up on Sunday. Are we going to play like we've got nothing to lose because we literally have nothing to lose? Or are we going to have it written all over our face that our season is over and we're just playing out the string? What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? What are you looking for? I expect the Bears to come out fighting. I expect them to put it to the line. Uh, I trust in Matt Nagy to get guys motivated despite where they're at mm-hmm. because he's been in that situation before. Sure. Yes, the Chiefs have been on a roll the last few years, but they came from a, a program when Andy Reid came here that was 2-14. and 14. Yeah. So there's a long road ahead. Matt Nagy's been part of a, of a long stretch, and, and I do believe that there – I feel like Trubisky's shown a few signs the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he has. Enough that you can maybe hang your hat on. Uh, to, to get yourself motivated, if for nothing else, to, to go make a point about a national game against what has to be uh, one of the Super Bowl contenders at this point. This is your chance to go make your mark. Uh, if you're going to be a free agent, this is your chance to make some money. If you're going to be back on this team, it's a chance to become a leader. So I do feel like the Bears have a lot left to play for, but it's just inside the room. Uh, but I do think that that comes out and gives them enough motivation to do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that that's a point that I made on my uh, review episode the other day uh, when I was recapping the Packers game. It's like I'm interested to see what team is going to come out. Are they going to come out looking to play the role of the 
of the spoiler, you know, knocking the Chiefs down a peg so they got to play wild card weekend instead of, you know, having a bye like they did last year or, uh, you know, giving Trubisky the, the edge in the, in the Mahomes-Trubisky matchup or something, saying he's got to win over that guy and, uh, you know, things like that. And I did say that's up to Nagy. He's got to be the one that gets those guys ready. And, and you know, like we've we've only played 14 games and, and the schedule says we got to play 16. So we got to go out there and take care of business uh, on Sunday. And and I think that they'll they'll come out and they'll play. And uh, I think they'll be uh, they'll be ready. But despite all of that, my outlook for the game is it's going to happen one of two ways. It's either going to be close and fun or you guys are absolutely going to murder us on Sunday night, and it's going to be a very long night. Those are the two outcomes that I see for Sunday. And I, I can't really argue with you much. <laughs> I, I will say this. I expect the first quarter to be fairly tight. Okay. Uh, that's when the Chiefs offense in particular has a tendency to really be able to pick apart what they've seen to that point. Mm-hmm. If you are within, if the Bears are within ten points at halftime, it's going to be a slugfest. Okay. If not, it's likely going to be over. Right, right. Well, if for uh, you know from a from a Bears fan who's watched every second and every snap of every game, um, if it is that close and you guys can weather the third quarter, which for us, aside from this past Sunday in our most important game against the Green Bay Packers, of course. The third quarter is where the Bears shine. They almost in the second half of the season they've taken almost every opening possession for a touchdown, and that's where the defense has really stepped up and kind of shut down the opponents. I saw an odd stat on Twitter uh, a week or two ago saying that the Bears were like second in the league in scoring in the third quarter, but they were thirty second in the fourth quarter. So if you can weather the third, you got it. Because we don't show up in the fourth quarter as far as scoring points uh, is concerned, so that's probably how it's going to be. If it can stay close in the in the in the first half, and you can weather the third, you'll be all right in the fourth. Because typically, the Bears don't show up there. So uh, I I um, I'm I'm actually going with the Chiefs uh, on this one. I I think the Bears. It always comes down to that. Can the Bears win? Yes. Will they? Eh, probably not this Sunday. I don't think so. I think we got a much better shot against Minnesota next Sunday because Nagy just seems to have the Vikings number. But this Sunday, I think you uh, you guys are going to get a a win. And uh, where are you at in the playoff seedings anyway? Right now, the Chiefs are at third. Third. Um, okay. They need a, a win from Buffalo this weekend against the Patriots in order to move up to second. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and as well, they have to hold court and make sure that they finish out with wins. Um, but that right now is the big hurdle. Is, uh, if the Patriots win out, the Chiefs cannot advance any further than third. Right, right. Well, Ryan, I know you got to go. You're a busy guy, and you got a radio thing to get to. So I'm going to thank you for your time, and thanks for coming on the show on uh, short notice. And um, hope to have you again on the show at some point. And uh, where can we uh, find you online in the meantime? You know, everything flows through my Twitter account at Ryan Tracy NFL. Uh, all one word, no E in that, Tracy. Um, RGR football on YouTube. I do mostly Chiefs work, but in the offseason, I'll be, have draft all kinds of coverage. And I run Rogue Analytics, a, uh, a draft-centric analytics company. Oh, nice. um, and if you don't mind, I'd like to give a shout-out to everybody, uh, all the other alumni from Schaumburg High. Oh, uh, nice. I still have some friends in town, so hello to everyone. All right. All right. 
Well, Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, thanks so much uh, for uh, for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You know, honestly, I don't really have a whole lot to add uh, to what Ryan and I were talking about there at the end. Of course, want to thank Ryan uh, for coming on the show uh, last minute and then uh, helping us out so that we have a, a Chiefs guest perspective uh, on Sunday's game uh, between these two teams. But it's basically it's like we said, um, you know, the if the, if the Bears can get off to a good start. Uh, in the beginning or at the very least if we can be our quote-unquote usual selves uh, in the third quarter we can make it interesting uh, against the uh, against the Chiefs uh, we, we we just need to be mistake free for the most part especially on defense we can't make any mistakes uh, on defense against this explosive Chiefs team but you know like I told Ryan a couple of times in the in our interview there um, what has me nervous is that the fact that the Chiefs appear to be peaking on offense and defense right now. Mahomes played the played what some considered the best game of the season against the Broncos uh, on Sunday. The defense held the their lowest point total of the season in three points. Uh, granted, against a struggling uh, team with a rookie quarterback under center, but nonetheless, they did it in in tough conditions. It was snowing. Uh, all day in Kansas City uh, last Sunday. So, you know, not exactly the best time for the Bears to be running headlong into this into this matchup. And on top of it, aside from, from pride, personal pride, team pride, whatever you want to call it, the Bears don't have anything to play for uh, on Sunday. Not draft position, you know, or anything like that for those idiots out there who want the Bears to lose so we get a better draft choice. You can kiss my ass. I don't want to see that happen. I want the Bears to win. I want to see them win. I want them to play like they want to win uh, on Sunday. So, honestly, the only thing I'd like to see, uh, I also want to have my cake and eat it too. Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, and what I mean by that is I'd like to see the Bears win, but I'd also like to see a little bit more of uh, Jesper Horstead. Uh maybe see Michael Joseph, that defensive back, uh, get a few snaps uh, out there see a little bit more of Kevin Tolliver instead of Prince of Mukamura see Alex Bars uh, get some opportunities uh, out there you know on the field uh, those the that's that Saubert or Sorbert that tight end that we signed uh, a couple of weeks ago he's been inactive uh, his two three games uh, on the team let's see him out there let's see Devlin that offensive guard get some snaps in there just you know mix it up and let's see what we got you know maybe we can find a combination that will work and uh Something we can work with going into 2020. Uh, God knows it should be a wide open book uh, for a tight end uh, next year because Shaheen's most definitely gone, and and Trey Burton will probably be playing for his Chicago life next season as well because I think his cap hit is too large uh, for him to be cut in the off season. Maybe the Bears will trade him. Who knows? But uh, you know, tight end is probably our number one need. Uh, on offense uh, because I think we can figure out the offensive line um, one way or the other Uh, oh Lauren and I are going to have a lot to talk about at the end of the season but um, you know uh, it's it's just going to be about uh, 
keeping the mistakes down, especially on defense, especially on defense. You know, these guys can put up 50 on you in a heartbeat uh, if you're not uh, if you're not careful. So, you know, maintaining your assignments and and things like that is going to be key on Sunday. Getting after uh, Mahomes, uh, he started off the year with an ankle injury. He had that dislocated knee, so he might be playing, but he's not 100%. No football player in the league is, especially at this time uh, of the year. So, um, you know, maybe the Bears can get after Mahomes and then uh, take advantage of that situation as well. They could also possibly take advantage of the fact that the uh, that the Chiefs have a big game uh, next week, week 17. It's a division matchup against – it's the Chargers. They got to play against the, the Chargers um, to see if they can get the, uh, the sweep in the AFC West and uh, playing for the uh, – for the number two seed like we talked about uh with ryan so um big matchup for them as well even though the the chargers are also kind of out of it uh at the moment that game's in uh in kansas city as well so i don't know maybe we can catch them looking past us and looking forward to next week and who knows but um yeah like i said um like i told ryan if uh if it's if it's a close game and then they can if they can survive the third quarter or like the Packers did outplay us in the third quarter, they've got us knocked in the fourth quarter because it's like only in the last couple of weeks have we figured out how to play offense in the fourth quarter. We put up 10 points on Green Bay this past Sunday. We put a touchdown on the board uh, against the uh, Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. We scored a fourth quarter touchdown against the Lions. So, you know, for the for the for all of the season up until like the last few weeks, the fourth quarter has been a wasteland for scoring points for the Bears. You know, maybe we've kind of turned the corner in this last little bit of the uh, season and figuring out how to do that. But uh, you know, typical of the season is that we're awesome in the third quarter, not so much in the fourth. So, if the Chiefs can weather the storm in the third quarter, they should be all right uh, in the fourth. So, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'm interested to see what team is going to show up or what kind of attitude they bring to the table uh, on Sunday. Will they come in all charged up and then disappear at the sign at the first sign uh, of trouble, uh, or will they be their their you know never say die selves? I mean, that's the one thing that I've loved about watching this team play under Matt Nagy is that these guys don't quit. That the you know the margin of of defeat this year. Uh, is uh, usually close enough to where we're pretty much in it right up until the very last moment of just about every ball game uh, we've ever played uh, under Nagy. So, uh, you know, maybe we will be challenging uh, at the end of this game and make it interesting. Uh, if we can't win, at least we give the Chiefs a hell of a scare uh, kind of thing. So I think that would be cool. But I also want to see the Bears win this game. Uh, bragging rights for our boy Trubisky, so... You know, maybe they'll get off his back a little bit if he can outplay Mahomes on Sunday. Wouldn't that be something? And then we'll also have the edge as far as uh, the student beating the teacher and Nagy beating his mentor, Andy Reid, uh, in a regular season game. Because we already beat the crap out of him in the preseason last year. That was the, the that was kind of the game where it's like, well, you know, what? we might have something if our second stringers can do this to the Chiefs uh, starting, fi- you know, starting defense. We might be able to do something on offense this year. 
But, um, you know, like I said, I'm interested to see which uh, which team shows up or what kind of attitude uh, they play with uh, on Sunday. And like I said as well, that's also going to be on Nagy. Can he get this team mentally ready to play to win uh, on Sunday? Not just show up and play, but play to win and play to stay in it and you know, like it is a playoff game, like they do want to win, like getting that eighth win of the season is uh, important, you know. So I'll be tuning in on Sunday night and, uh, you know, watching our Bears uh, see if they can get it done against a team that I hope uh, emerges in the AFC, the Kansas Cities and Baltimores and uh, and, and, and whatnot. Uh, hell, I'd even take Buffalo at this point. Uh, anybody but New England. Somebody's got to step up and win that goddamn conference. So, uh, anyway, come back on Tuesday, and uh, we'll see if uh, if the Bears put a W under the Christmas tree uh, for us, or if it was a uh, it was a piece of coal in, in the form of a loss uh, that we got uh, in our stockings this year uh, from the Bears, and see if we have to go in Minnesota to to try to finish out and be a 500 football team uh, this year. So, come on back on tuesday for the review episode and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bear stock underground